Good morning and welcome to Kingdom Testimony Podcast, where we are talking about and anticipating the coming kingdom of Jesus Christ. Today is September 1st, 2021. Um, Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that on Friday, we're not going to go over Enoch. We are going to be talking about Rosh Hashanah which is the Feast of Trumpets, and Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. Um, So we'll be talking about that on Friday. And I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, I know as the children of God that these feasts were never done away with. Um, So we should observe them as well. I don't believe we would be observing them as they do in the state of Israel. Um, They have their traditions, and I personally believe we should celebrate them according to what the Bible says. Um, And it's fine if you want to build your own traditions around holidays, that's fine. But this is something that the Lord himself, Jesus celebrated the feasts. He went to Jerusalem for the feast days. Jesus did not do away with the feast celebrations. He absolutely didn't. Um, He observed them and, you know, along with his fellow countrymen, but he he did that knowing what his father in heaven, our father, wanted him to do. He said, I only do what I see the father doing. And these these feasts and remembrance days were, were put in place way back when. Uh, Leviticus and Numbers. And so, you know, Jesus didn't come to do away with the law, he came to fulfill it and uphold it. You know, he said that, you know, love your neighbor as yourself and love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Um, I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember it exactly. But those are the two commandments that all of the law and prophets are hinged upon. So with that being said, Friday I'm going to I'm just going to prepare some stuff and we'll we'll talk about it and we'll talk about maybe what it means for our day and time right now. There is going to be a final feast of trumpets. Um the, you know, Pentecost was was already realized with Acts chapter 2 and Passover is is if it's a foreshadowing of us accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior and agreeing to follow him in the in the baptism and all of that so those those were already like Passover and Pentecost I'm probably not explaining this well there's people uh, teachers on YouTube that can explain it a lot better than I can. Um, but yet to be realized is the Feast of Trumpets, and that is his coming in his people. 
um, Isaiah 61. No, I'm sorry, it's Isaiah 60. Where he says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see, all they gather themselves together, they come to thee. So this Isaiah 60 is, is actually talking about when Jesus comes back in his people. First he came for his people, and now he's going to come in his people so that we can make it through the tribulation. I know that's a theological argument for a lot of people, but this is just the way I see it. And then the third time he comes is going to be uh, with his people. So we'll be caught up in the air, removed for the wrath, and then we come back with him. So the first time is four, 2,000 years ago. The second time is in, and that's chapter 60 of Isaiah, um, there's other verse, other chapters and verses I can find, um, but that's not what we're doing today. And then with is at the end time, when he comes back, the very end, when he comes back, we come back with him. And that that's to set up the millennial reign. So, But there has to be a time where he manifests himself, um, and that's Romans 8, all of creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. We are the children of God. As sons of God, he's going to manifest in us. And that is what is going to be seen during the Great Tribulation. Okay, so, all right, let's, let's, let's get into Enoch. Enoch is so fun. Okay, we left off chapter 56. Uh... Talks about the battle of Armageddon. And I saw there the hosts of the angels of punishment going, and they held scourges and chains of iron and bronze. And I asked the angel of peace who went with me, saying, To whom are these who hold the scourges going? And he said unto me, To their elect and beloved ones, that they may be cast into the chasm of the abyss of the valley. Their elect and beloved ones. Ah, God's. And then that valley shall be filled with their elect and beloved, and the days, beloved, oh darn, and the days of their lives shall be at an end. Let me put my do not disturb on. Facebook is reminding me I have memories. And then that valley shall be filled with their elect and beloved, and the days of their lives shall be at an end. And the days of their leading astray shall not thenceforth be reckoned. And in those days the angels shall return and hurl themselves to the east upon the Parthians and Medes. They shall stir up the kings so that a spirit of unrest shall come upon them. And they shall rouse them from their thrones, that they may break forth as lions from their lairs and as hungry wolves among their flocks. 
and they shall go up and tread underfoot the land of his elect ones, that's us, and the land of his elect ones shall be before them a threshing floor and a highway. But the city of my righteous shall be a hindrance to their horses, and they shall begin to fight amongst themselves. As in Ezekiel, uh, well, Ezekiel, and I will call for a sword against him throughout my mountain, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. <clears throat> but uh, I think that was with Gideon. When they, they, they heard the trumpet and they woke up and they all freaked out. I don't remember who he went up against the Midianites, I think. And they all started fighting each other and killing each other because they were so confused. It was so funny. But the city of my righteous shall be a hindrance to their horses, and they shall begin to fight among themselves, and their right hands shall be strong against themselves, and a man shall not know his brother, nor a son, his father, or his mother, till there be no number of the corpses throughout their slaughter, and their punishment be not in vain. So uh, the author, I should say the editor of this book, is saying... This sounds like to him to be the Battle of Armageddon. <clears throat> Excuse me, and it sure does. In those days, Sheol shall, be, shall open its jaws, and they shall be swallowed up therein, and their destruction shall be at an end. Sheol shall devour the sinners in the presence of the elect. Ooh. Chapter 57. And it came to pass after this that I saw another host of wagons and men riding thereon and coming on the winds from the east and from the west to the south. And the noise of their wagons was heard. And when this turmoil took place, the holy ones from heaven remarked it. And the pillars of the earth were moved from their place. And the sound thereof was heard from the one end of heaven to the other in one day. And they shall all fall down and worship the Lord of Spirits. And this is the end of the second parable. Okay, we have to talk about this. And it came to pass after this, I saw a host of wagons and men riding thereon, coming east, south, east, west. And the noise, the noise of their wagons was heard. A host of wagons. Is that like chariots or something? There's no cross-reference verses. When this turmoil took place, the holy ones from heaven remarked it, and the pillars of the earth were moved from their place, and the sound thereof was heard from the one end of heaven to the other in one day. Okay. That, that was loud. All right, chapter 58. And I began to speak the third parable concerning the righteous and the elect. Blessed are ye, ye righteous and elect, for glorious shall be your lot. And, this, and the righteous shall be in the light of the sun, and the elect in the light of eternal life. That has S-U-N. In the light of the sun, S-U-N. Um and the elect in the light of eternal life. But we all know who the light of the world is. The days of their life shall be unending, and the days of the holy without number, and they shall seek the light and find righteousness with the Lord of Spirits. 
There shall be peace to the righteous in the name of the eternal Lord. And after this it shall be said to the holy in heaven that they shall, should seek out the secrets of righteousness, the heritage of faith. For it has become bright as the sun upon earth, and the darkness is past. And there shall be a light that never ends, and to a limit of days they shall not come. For the darkness shall first have been destroyed, and the light established before the Lord of Spirits, and the light of uprightness established forever before the Lord of Spirits. Um, now, unless Enoch talks about something else later on, that's the end of chapter 58. I need to make a note and a point here. Um, in the Bible, it talks about that Satan is loosed once again. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, one, one guy that I would listen to was saying that after Armageddon, things are final. And he had a good point, and I, I, I was like, okay, but, you know, there still is where it talks about Satan will be loosed. Um, is it possible Armageddon is not until the time that Satan is loosed? I don't know, because chapter 58 says that it's final. It's final. Um, days of their life shall be unending. Uh, peace to the righteous in the name of the eternal Lord. Darkness is past. That doesn't sound like there's going to be another roundabout with Satan on the earth. I don't know. Just something to think about. Birds are back. We had a soaking rain last night. It was so nice. When it rains in the desert, like a soaking rain, it's so nice. Okay, it smells so good, too. All right, chapter 59. In those days, mine eyes saw the secrets of the lightnings and of the lights and the judgments they execute. And they lighten for a blessing or a curse as the Lord of Spirits wills. Okay, that's interesting. Um, okay, I'm going to finish this. There's only two more verses for chapter 59, and then I, then I need to consider something out loud. Um, and there I saw the secrets of the thunder, and how when it resounds above in the heaven, the sound thereof is heard. And he caused me to see the judgments executed on the earth, whether they be for well-being and blessing, or for a curse according to the word of the Lord of Spirits. And after that, all the secrets of the lights and lightnings were shown to me, and they lightened for blessing and for satisfying. Okay, two points. We were just talking about that um, maybe yesterday or the day before, how judgment is not always punishment. And here Enoch is saying this. Um, 
the judgments executed on the earth, whether they be for well-being and blessing or for a curse. You know, it's... That's the way Enoch saw it. And after all that, the secrets of the lights and lightnings were shown to me, and they lightened for blessing and for satisfying. That's pretty cool. Also, in that dream that I had, <clears throat> that I think I talked about last week one day, is is when I look, kept looking up and the Lord was like, if you keep looking up there, you're going to have to leave. And I, I, I couldn't help it. I kept looking at the lightning on the top of this mountain. I don't even know if I could see the top because it was so high up there. It was like in the heavens or, well, wherever I was, it was, you couldn't see the top, but I could see lightning going on up there. And you know, whether it was for well-being and blessing and satisfying or for a curse or whatever was going on, apparently it was very private. And Jesus was saying, you know, you need to stop looking up there. That's, that's not what you're here for. But I mean, how could I not? You know? All right, chapter 60. In the year 500, in the seventh month, on the 14th day of the month, in the life of Enoch. Okay, obvious, obviously this is not in Enoch's 500th year. Or maybe it is. I don't know. No, it must be. He's still alive, but he was taken. Okay, he's he was taken in the whirlwind, so he's... He was still alive, obviously still alive, because it's his 500th year. He wasn't born... Uh, well, maybe he was born after the year 500. Okay, we don't know. I'm sorry. I must keep going. In that parable, I saw how a mighty quaking made the heaven of heavens to quake, and the host of the Most High and the angels, a thousand thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand, were disquieted with a great disquiet. Okay, we know there's not an exact number. He's just saying those 10,000 times 10,000 is because it's innumerable, an innumerable amount. And the head of days sat on the throne of his glory, and angels and the righteous stood around him. Okay, so there's a mighty quaking in the heavens. And a great trembling seized me, and fear took hold of me, and my loins gave way, and dissolved were my reins, and I fell upon my face. And Michael sent another angel from among the holy ones, and he raised me up. And when he had raised me up, my spirit returned, for I had not been able to endure the look of this host and the commotion and the quaking of the heaven. Oh, it's like he fell down as dead and his spirit left, and then his spirit returned back into him. Okay, well, he, he did die and was revived. And Michael said unto me, Why art thou disquieted with such a vision? Until this day lasted the day of his mercy, and he hath been merciful and long-suffering toward those who dwell on the earth. And when the day and the power and the punishment and the judgment come, which the Lord of spirits hath prepared for those who worship not the righteous law, and for those who deny the righteous judgment, and for those who take his name in vain, that day is prepared. 
for the elect a covenant, but for sinners an inquisition. When the punishment of them, oh, when the punishment of the Lord of Spirits shall rest upon them, it shall rest in order that the punishment of the Lord of Spirits may not come in vain, and it shall slay the children with their mothers and the children with their fathers. Afterwards, the judgment shall take place according to his mercy and his patience. <clears throat> okay, the children there could mean literal children, or it could mean generations. And on that day were two monsters parted, a female monster named Leviathan, to dwell in the abysses of the ocean over the fountains of the waters. But the male is named Behemoth who occupied with his breast a waste wilderness named Dudian, Duidian, okay, on the east of the garden where the elect and righteous dwell, where my grandfather was taken up, the seventh from Adam, the first man whom the Lord of Spirits created. Okay. Enoch is the seventh from Adam, but... He's saying his grandfather seven times down. The first man. So that's where Adam was taken. To the east of the garden. There's a monster behemoth there, apparently. Mm. Okay. That's not good. But you know what's interesting is the first was the female Leviathan. There's, that's very interesting. I don't know what to think about that. And I besought the other angel that he should show me the might of those monsters, how they were parted on one day and cast, the one into the abysses of the sea and the other into the dry land of the wilderness. Okay, not in the, in the Garden of Eden, but to the east of it. And he said to me, Thou son of man, herein thou dost seek to know what is hidden. And the other angel who went with me and showed me what was hidden told me what is first and last in the heaven in the height and beneath the earth in the depth and at the ends of the heaven and on the foundation of the heaven and the chambers of the winds and how the winds are divided and how they are weighed and how the portals of the winds are reckoned each according to the power of the wind and the power of the lights of the moon and according to the power that is fitting. The moon has its own lights. Hmm. And the divisions of the stars according to their names and how all the divisions are divided. And the thunders according to the places where they fall. And all the divisions that are made among the lightnings that it may lighten and their host that they may at once obey. For the thunder has places of rest which are assigned to it while it is waiting for its peal. And the thunder and lightning are inseparable, and although not one and undivided, they both go together through the Spirit and separate not. Hmm. For when the lightning lightens, the thunder utters its voice, and the Spirit enforces a pause during the peal, and divides equally between them. For the treasury of their peals is like the sand, and each one of them, as it peels, is held in with the bridle and turned back by the power of the Spirit, 
and push forward according to the many quarters of the earth. And the spirit of the sea is masculine and strong, and according to the might of its, his strength, he draws it back with the rain, and in like manner it is driven forward and disperses amid all the mountains of the earth. And the spirit of the hoarfrost is his own angel, and the spirit of the hail is a good angel. And the spirit of the snow has forsaken his chamber on account of his strength. There is a special spirit therein, and that which ascends from it is like smoke, and its name is frost. Wow. And the spirit of the mist is not united with them in their chambers, but it has a special chamber, for its course is glorious both in light and in darkness, and in winter and in summer, summer. And in its chamber is an angel. Huh. So is, are these spirits angels or are the angels direct these spirits of the weather? I don't know. I know mankind. Um, <clears throat> was it in Nixon's term? They started weather modification so that they could overpower Russia and ever since then um, they have been modifying the weather um, but the Lord is still in control of the weather so they think they're in control of it but they're not he's only allowing what to be released so verse 20 and the spirit of the dew has its dwelling at the ends of the heaven and is connected with the chambers of the rain, and its course in it is in winter and summer, and its clouds and the clouds of the mist are connected, and the one gives to the other. And when the spirit of the rain goes forth from its chamber, the angels come and open the chamber and lead it out. And when it is diffused over the whole earth, it unites with the water on the earth. And whensoever it unites with the water on the earth, for the waters are for those who dwell on the earth, for they are nourishment for the earth from the Most High who is in heaven. Therefore there is a measure for the rain, and the angels take it in charge. And these things I saw towards the garden of the righteous. And the angel of peace who was with me said to me, These two monsters, prepared conformably to the greatness of God, shall feed." It's the end of chapter 60. You know, uh, before the flood, the Bible says that the waters came up from the earth and, and watered the earth in that fashion. And after the flood, it came out of like the firmament area. So I'm not sure if he's talking about before or after the flood. It sounds like, of course, he saw the beginning and the end. So he's this is just what he's seeing. It, you know, apparently in his state of mind, not being on the earth as a human being living on the earth. I mean, he still was a human, but <clears throat> he's being shown all things. So God is not limiting it to the way things were before the flood. He's showing them how 
how it was designed to work. Okay. Chapter 61. And I saw in those days how long cords were given to those angels, and they took to themselves wings and flew, and they went towards the north. And I asked the angel, saying unto him, Why have those angels taken these cords and gone off? And he said unto me, They have gone to measure. And the angel who went with me said to me, These shall bring the measures of the righteous and the ropes of the righteous to the righteous, that they may stay themselves on the name of the Lord of Spirits forever and ever. With, oh, I just had a thought go through my mind, the ties that bind. I don't know if that's related, but. The elect shall begin to dwell with the elect, and those are the measures which shall be given to faith and which shall strengthen righteousness. Look, we're all, we're all united, right? Of course we are. And these measures shall reveal all the secrets of the depths of the earth and those who have been destroyed by the desert and those who have been devoured by the beasts and those who have been devoured by the fish of the sea, that they may return and stay themselves on the day of the elect one. For none shall be destroyed before the Lord of Spirits, and none can be destroyed. Okay, on the day of the elect one. Elect one is capitalized, of course. Um, on the day of Jesus Christ, they will return and stay themselves. Hmm. wonder if they're coming back here. Maybe. Oh, there's like a fog rolling in. The spirit of the mist of the fog sent all this fog. Okay, sorry. Anyway. Okay, and verse 6. And all who dwell above in the heaven received a command and power and one voice and one light like unto fire. And that one with their first words they blessed, and extolled and lauded with wisdom, and they were wise in utterance and in the spirit of life. And the Lord of spirits placed the elect one on the throne of glory, and he shall judge all the works of the holy above in the heaven, and in the balance shall their deeds be weighed. It's interesting how in verse 7 it talks about the, their wisdom... Um, in the in in Jesus's day, wisdom will increase. So that's pretty cool. Okay, we'll just finish chapter sixty-one, um, verse nine. And when he shall lift up his countenance to judge their secret ways according to the word of the name of the Lord of Spirits, and their path according to the way of the righteous judgment of the Lord of Spirits, then shall they all with one voice speak and bless and glorify and extol and sanctify the name of the Lord of Spirits. And he will summon all the host of the heavens and all the holy ones above. And the host of God, the cherubim, seraphim, oh, it's, there's an end there, cherubim, seraphim, and orphanin, oh, no, orphanin. Those, I believe, are the, um, the angels of the wheels, like in Ezekiel. And all the angels of power, and all the angels of principalities, and the elect one, and the other powers on the earth, and over the water. On that day shall rise one voice, and bless and glorify and exalt in the spirit of faith, and in the spirit of wisdom, and in the spirit of patience, and in the spirit of mercy, and in the spirit of judgment and of peace, 
and in the spirit of goodness, and shall all say with one voice, Blessed is he, and may the name of the Lord of Spirits be blessed forever and ever. Okay, on that day, we're talking about the last, the very last day, the day. Must be at the end of the seven years. Okay, two more verses. All who sleep not above in heaven shall bless him. All the holy ones who are in heaven shall bless him. And all the elect <clears throat> who dwell in the garden of life. And every spirit of light, light who is able to bless and glorify and extol and hallow thy blessed name. And all flesh shall beyond measure glorify and bless thy name forever and ever. For great is the mercy of the Lord of spirits, and he is long-suffering in all his works, and all that he has created, he has revealed to the righteous and elect. In the name of the Lord of spirits. Cool. All his works and all he has created, he has revealed to the righteous and elect. Um, he, the Lord is very long suffering and that's, that's a good thing. Okay. And we stopped at 61. Uh, it's good that he's long suffering because, I mean, we, we look about and we're like, oh, abortion and murder and torture. And you know, Lord, when are you going to put an end to this? He's long-suffering, but his judgment can come in one day. So the long-suffering of the Lord is good because we were once sinners. We have to remember, sin is sin. Yes, there's worse sin. And, of course, I believe that it is measured out in the measure of, of you know, his uh, fairness um, but we still need more people to come to repentance. I definitely want an end to child trafficking, pornography, abortion. You know, the, these poor little innocent ones. Oh, it's just, it's hard to even think about. Um, and I could say much more about that, but we, we already... We already know how awful it is. Um, but he is long-suffering, and he is a good God. And all of those memories will be wiped clean from these children's minds. I know they have to endure it for now, but we also have to believe that there are angels with those kids. There are heavenly distractions. I firmly believe that there are heavenly distractions. So, <clears throat> and I pray for more heavenly distractions. And I, but I, I most of all pray for that just to end and that they get theirs. Not the kids, of course, the, the, the evil, wicked. They will get theirs. They will. Um, so, but there's still some that need to come to repentance. There has been some wicked and evil, evil people that have repented and cried out for salvation. So we just have to remember we were once sinners 
And we still do wrongdoing. We still do. And we still need to ask for forgiveness and repent and all of that. I mean, it doesn't mean that if we're born again, we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're still, we're still going to do wrong things and God will gently correct us. Um, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said you need to have that. You have to have that. You know, be born again. John 3, read John, John chapter 3 very carefully. You must be born again and you must be baptized with water and the Spirit. Jesus himself went down into the Jordan and was baptized by John, his cousin. If Jesus had to get water baptized, then we do. And when Jesus was baptized in the water, no, he didn't need to repent, but he did this so that all could see that what he was preaching, he was doing. And when he was baptized in the water, the Holy Spirit came down upon him. And immediately after that, he went into the wilderness to fast. So let's follow his example. You know, the wilderness for us can be a severe trial or, or whatever it means to you. The Lord will show you, but I urge you to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And how do you know if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit will tell you. Don't stop petitioning until you get that, because you will need that. We only need the Holy Spirit to teach us. He, he, he guides us into all things. You can listen to, you know, podcasts and and watch YouTubes and go to church and your aunt or your mom or your uncle or somebody <clears throat> might be, you know, mature in the faith, you know, can help you along. But the Holy Spirit is the number one guide, comforter, all of that, teacher. So... That's, that's what I want to say there. And if you yourself are a mature believer, you know, don't stop encouraging and dropping words of wisdom. Even if people seem like they're rejecting it, they're taking it in. It's like a teenager when a parent tells them something, they roll their eyes, but they are listening. They hear it. I know they hear it. Um, so anyway, there you go. I'm going to sign off now, and we will see you tomorrow morning for some more on Enoch. And then Friday is going to be the uh, podcast for the Feast of Trumpets. I'm excited. I'm going to get some materials together because I'm not an expert, not by any means. Um, but we'll just, we'll just look at some things. And so until tomorrow... Have a wonderful day and be blessed.